Police have launched a review after a protest captured in a dramatic viral picture told the son how cops fired weapons around him and his two-year-old son and one officer allegedly threatened to spray tear gas at the little boy. Do you see these images? A two-year-old has a gun pointed at him by California Long Beach police. A two-year-old. I mean, this is absolutely reprehensible. This is absolutely reprehensible. What is this police officer thinking? Do you know how traumatizing that would be for a two-year-old to have a gun pointed in their head? In an exclusive interview on Wednesday, Dante, the boy's father, told how one officer threatened to spray tear gas while others fired bullets right in front of them. And in video footage shared with the son, cops could be seen loading weapons and firing bullets all around them, while in another, fellow protesters could be heard begging cops not to gas the child, shouting, what's the matter with you? You are a monster. You're really going to gas this child? What about your child? Now Long Beach Police Department have responded to the claims, labeling them disturbing and pledging to launch a review. In a statement, a spokesperson said, the Long Beach Police Department is aware of this image posted uh, to social media of a crowd control police officer and a man with a child on his shoulder during Sunday's civil unrest. We agree the image is disturbing and we all share the community's concerns for the safety of the child, the peaceful demonstrators and the officers. While the review of the incident is underway, we do, we do know that this image was taken at the time that violent disruptors were throwing bottles and pyrotechnics that could cause great bodily injury to anyone in the area. We are reviewing all the related footage, blah, 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 blah. So Jen, I'm beginning to see a pattern I'm beginning to see a pattern, uh, not just with police departments, but with governors, state lawmakers. I keep, see, I keep hearing, oh, we're, we're investigating. Oh, we're doing a review. So-and-so police department is, you know, look, uh, launched an inquiry into it. All of this is amount to nothing. They're not investigating because they're investigating themselves. That's why more and more people are starting to say, well, you know, we need independent agencies to investigate the police, not the local district attorney who works with the police on a daily basis, uh, trying, you know, trying um, criminals. But what, what is there to investigate? Like, yeah, you could look at the video, but the picture is right there. That officer was firing, you know, had a gun pointed at a two-year-old. Now, some people debated, well, you know, that guy shouldn't bring his two-year-old to a protest. I don't agree with that. That's why shouldn't he bring his two-year-old to a protest? That very assumption is why America is so messed up. Because people say, well, protests could be dangerous, so don't bring your ch ch uh, toddler. Protests aren't supposed to be dangerous. And 95% of these protesters are peaceful all around the country. But... I don't think this police department is going to investigate. I think this police department, like Chicago Police Department, like New York Police Department, says words. You know, we've opened in a, a review, an inquiry, a this, a that. And eventually they'll say, oh, we found that, you know, the officer was pointing elsewhere. Or that, you know, people were throwing things at the officer. 
just throwing out things that nobody could disprove uh, to excuse this behavior. What do you think? I completely agree. The, the, I, the protest was, was billed as peaceful. He's bringing his son there because he is under um, this under systemic oppression. He wants his son to live in a more just world. Of course he can bring his son to this protest. Of course his son can hold a Black Lives Matter sign or whatever they want to do. That is their right. I, I really think it was interesting yesterday, Jordan, one of the young men that you interviewed brought up the Stanford prison experiment. So you talk about why are cops aiming this, um, I don't know what it was exactly, uh, a rubber bullet gun or, or something, some kind of weapon. Why are they aiming this at a two-year-old? Why are they aiming this at peaceful protesters at all? And the Stanford prison experiment uh, showed that people who are given roles of power, roles of authority, can, can easily take on an authoritarian, power-hungry, disgusting, abusive mindset. And that's what these cops are in. And we have these, um, you know, the people of the streets, the, the regular people of this country who are dealing with this, dealing with this violence and dealing with this disgusting behavior by police all over the place. And if cameras weren't there to catch this stuff, I mean, and, and typically they aren't. So this happens all the time. And I think you're right. This internal review or whatever it is won't show anything. They'll say, oh, that photo is just a camera angle, uh, which right-wingers are already trying to say, trying to disprove the photo. Honestly, I don't care about camera angles. What I care about is the fact that at this peaceful protest to this young, black, two-year-old child, a cop did that, pointed in his direction. It's just abhorrent. And uh, I want to play, you know, maybe you guys have seen some of these clips elsewhere, but if you haven't, Here's some more uh, best hits of what the police have been doing the last few days. That one was in Pennsylvania, where literally a woman was kneeling on the ground. She was on the ground, and a cop just kicked her in the face. That's another one where that local Pennsylvania police department said, oh, yeah, we're investigating the matter. What in God's name would you have to investigate? For example, Jen... My parents own a jewelry store, right? Um, if one of their salespeople punched a customer in the face that was like, I don't know, just sitting on, sitting on the little seat that you sit on when you're like looking at engagement ring, just like punched them in the face, they'd be fired, like immediately. So why is it any different for police? Actually, it should, it, the police should be um, terminated more quickly than in private business because we pay for their we pay their bill. Uh, I don't know if you were able to see that, but the way that this cop kicked this protester in the face, her neck could have snapped back. Um, I mean, the force of that guy—they're wearing boots. It's not like you're hitting someone with little slippers, you know. The full force of this guy, her neck could have snapped back. God knows what could have happened to that person. They're investigating it. Where in any other situation that wasn't U.S. police, that person would be fired. Cops are supposed to serve and protect the people. Of
of this country. That is their role. What was that cop thinking? Except for I am powerful and I'm going to cause as much pain to this person in front of me as possible. This, this dirty protester, whatever they were thinking. It's, um, or maybe they weren't thinking at all. They're, they're just violent. They're just, they've turned into these, I mean, it's, it's what would normally be a movie, but is our reality. These just evil authoritarian figures who are violent and just despicable. Kicking, I did see the, the video, kicking that girl in the face who was already down, who was just sitting there. There's no excuse for it. And as for an internal review, there's video. There's nothing to review. It's, as you say, in any other job, that person would be out immediately. So what is taking so long? What is this review? So now we're going to look at, uh, I know a lot of people have seen this, but I'm bringing this up because we, we have a few words for New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. So for those that haven't seen it, this is, uh, I think it was like five, six days ago. Uh, this is, you know, protesters were uh, surrounding a police vehicle. Um, they weren't like jumping on the vehicle, but surrounding a police vehicle. Let's look at what happens now. only in any other line of work in any other line of anything if a car if there were a bunch of people surrounding a car sure we could debate whether protesters should should be getting up so close to a car like that maybe they felt you know threatened or whatever but there's different ways you could handle that right you could call for backup you know you could get on your police megaphone and say uh you know please back up from the car we'd like to give you your right to protest, but, you know, back up from the car. You cannot surround our car. Uh, if, if you do, if it continues, you'll be arrested immediately. So a cop car runs over, it looked like a couple dozen people. In any other scenario, not only would they be fired, they'd be charged with attempted something. I mean, you could kill somebody, that people could be dragged under that car. Um, it's just unbelievable. Meanwhile, Mayor Bill de Blasio, a Democrat, uh, at a press conference, kind of like, you know, did a little Trump Charlottesville about this, said, oh, well, you, you know, good people on both sides. I mean, he didn't say that, but he basically said, yes, you know, uh, we are going to, again, investigate this incident, but the cops shouldn't be surrounding the car. It's still, I think, five or six days later. Those officers haven't been fired that ran over protesters. Think about, by the way, this isn't only a race thing. I don't want to say that as a white person because obviously there's a huge racial dynamic. It's not only a race thing with this police terrorism. It is a power, an outsized power complex. Uh, police have been fetishized in this country. Uh, the deference that has been given not only to corporate America, but to police, uh, who they're not all bad, but the psychology that the United States government has put out there about police is we should bow down to police officers, and they are holier than now, and that, you know, they could do no wrong, and blah, 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 when the reality is we pay for them, and they don't get to terrorize people because they have a badge. 
or because their job is a little uh, is risky. You know what I mean? Journalists' jobs are risky, maybe not as risky as police, but we don't get to go run people over. You know, we don't get to shoot guns at toddler, point a gun at a toddler. I mean, it's it's crazy. And the fact that, you know, if this were the only incident right now, remember, if there wasn't George Floyd, if there wasn't Breonna Taylor, if there wasn't Ahmaud Aubrey, if there wasn't protests all over the country, and it was just this on a random New York City night where police like rammed their car over uh, a bunch of people, it would be national news for days or it should be national news for days. But it's being lost in the rest of it. So we ended, and then apparently, as, as I ended, the protesters were on 2nd Avenue here in New York. They then marched to 3rd Avenue, and I guess like 10, 10 or 15 minutes after I stopped, that's when police started like brutalizing protesters. And these were peaceful protesters. The most violent thing they were doing was chanting, F you, F your curfew. And they were, you know, marching. And, you know, we need to discuss. Yes, can the governor, can the, de can the mayor technically institute a curfew? Yes. But like, why should peaceful protesters have to have a curfew? Why should people be told you can't peacefully assemble? Because what I covered, I did not see one person being violent, literally one person being violent. So let's show you uh, Josh Fox, obviously documentary filmmaker, uh, tweeted this out. That is literally, that's like 10 minutes after I wrapped my um, live stream coverage. That guy, Jen, I don't know if you saw that clip, was literally trying yeah. to get out of traffic. Was literally trying to get out of traffic. Not one officer is hitting him with a baton. Multiple officers are smashing him with a baton. For what reason? I have no idea. Other than the power complex we're talking about. Honestly? For all those officers, for all those, not that this matters, but for all those officers know, that could have been in like an Uber Eats biker who's delivering food. It could have been a hospital worker who's an essential worker that's riding home after a 12 hour shift of dealing with coronavirus patients. Yes, there's still a pandemic. Uh, we now have, what was it today? 21,000 new cases uh, in America while all these people are out protesting, uh, right on top of each other. I'm not saying they shouldn't protest, but we should face it. There's going to be an increase of coronavirus. Um, but all of this going on, and this is what New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, who MSNBC, CNN, the Washington post, the New York times. I mean, they have elevated him to gold star member of the resistance in recent weeks. They have elevated him to gold star member of Wokeback Mountain. They have elevated him to gold star member of the neoliberal progressive club. This is what Andrew Cuomo said when a reporter, I was kind of impressed that a reporter actually challenged him about the just evident, it's not brutality, it's terrorism that his police are doing. Let's take a look. And then here's my opinion based on those facts. And if we have a disagreement as opinion, fine. That's fine. Governor, at the same time, last night we all saw videos of New York City police officers who were bludgeoning peaceful protesters in New York City with batons as they were enforcing the curfew. And these weren't people who were resisting or putting up any fight. Is this what you wanted when you said the cops should do their job? 
Do you think anyone would say, I mean, a question itself can be a little offensive. A police officer doing their job, do you think there's any sensible police officer who believes their job is bludgeoning a peaceful person with a baton? See, it's that kind of incendiary rhetoric that it's not a fact. It's not a fact. It's not even an opinion. That is a, a hyper-partisan rhetorical attack. Police bludgeon peaceful protesters with batons for no reason. That's not a fact. They don't do that. Anyone who did do that uh, would be obviously reprehensible, if not criminal. Jen, basically you have Governor Cuomo. This is just gaslighting 101. This asshole, excuse my French. Uh, gaslighting with reverse psychology. I know you studied psychology. Literally, you got video of police officers bludgeoning people on bicycles trying to get out off the road. Uh, you obviously have videos of uh, there were police officers dragging protesters two nights ago, like on the ground. There's audio and video of police like basically threatening an Associated Press reporter who was trailing a march. And Cuomo's saying when a reporter asks him, like, what do you think of police bludgeoning, um, bludgeoning protesters, he says, that's an opinion. You know, that's a hyper-partisan opinion, what you're saying. And uh, that's not a fact. And he turns it around on the reporter, a very Trumpian thing to do without, you know, uh, I mean, no, it's not an opinion. I mean, you factually see police officers running over protesters, hitting protesters with batons. And he's basically trying to gaslight reporters and by extension, their readers into thinking all is well here. Don't believe your lying eyes. Uh, he did a little cleanup later uh, when, let's see, he was getting a lot of criticism. He said, peaceful protest is a sacred American right. No peaceful protester deserves to be hit with a baton and no self-respecting police officer would defend that. Uh, I think you might want to go talk to your police people because I think they do a lot of locker room talk boasting about enjoying that kind of behavior. I've, another one, another investigation we're calling on. I've asked New York State Attorney General to investigate last night's incidents as part of her ongoing investigation. Jen, I, I honestly, I can't keep up with the amount of investigations. From sea to shining sea, from coast to coast, we have so many investigations into police, ran mostly by the police. Uh, I'm beginning to think they're not actually investigating anything and they're just trying to placate us. What do you think? Yeah, exactly. What do you think of Cuomo? I mean, the original thing he said is what he really means. He's just tweeting that out, you know, not to upset his newfound walk back mountain stardom, but he's basically defending the police. And real quick, uh, David Sirota points out in his newsletter, which by the way, you know, all during this protest, I don't know if you guys noticed a little dust up in Bernie world. We'll get into that maybe another time. But Andrew Cuomo, uh, as David Sirota shows us, Jen, I think you can see my screen now. Um, Andrew Cuomo takes more money from police unions 
than any other politician in America. Um, let's see. In all, police, police unions and associations have delivered more than $7 million to current New York State elected officials, according to Money in Politics, uh, National Institute of Money in Politics. That includes 600000 to Cuomo during his gubernatorial campaign. Um, police unions have also delivered more than 274000 to Cuomo's New York Democratic Party since 2010. Democratic Senate leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins and Democratic Assembly Speaker Carl Hiesel have received 187000 and 76000 over their careers, uh, accounting for all campaign money from police, firefighters, and emergency uh, medical techni technicians. Cuomo has received the largest share of that money of any public official in the country. Five of the ten biggest recipients of that cash in the entire nation are from New York. So you got Andrew Cuomo receiving the most money from police unions of any politician in America and of the top ten of highest earner, earners from police unions, all from New York. I wonder why they won't say anything bad about the police. I wonder why these, it's usually investigations to nowhere. I wonder why the police feel that they have perfect immunity to run protesters over, to pepper spray peaceful protesters, to uh, gas peaceful protesters, to shoot rubber bullets at peaceful protesters, to drag journalists. Um, and by the way, this is who the media propped up as some kind of leader during the coronavirus while he was trying to cut Medicaid by $2.5 billion here in New York. I wonder if Chris Cuomo, I wonder if Chris Cuomo will ask his brother about these donations in their next uh, love affair segment. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, the police have no real consequences. These investigations, as you say, are going to lead nowhere. Or if they do, I mean, there have been a couple instances where, uh, like with the Australian journalists who were beat in D.C., there are consequences here or there. But that's because of the protests. That's because of the visibility. But if they can say, if Cuomo can get on Twitter and say, oh, there's an investigation into this, and all the, the liberals, all the white liberals are like, okay, that's good. He's looking into it. And then they go uh, bury their head in the sand some more. Nothing's going to happen. And by the way, you know, by the way, just Barack Obama said, yeah, yeah, my Department of Justice is going to look into Ferguson. We're going to look into Standing Rock. We're going to look into this, which led to nothing. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the, the same thing with, with these liberals, too. They, they say, can you imagine this happening under Obama? Can you imagine the police acting like this under Obama? And people rightly pointed out Ferguson, Standing Rock, you know, all over, all over the place. Yes, this kind of stuff did. We haven't seen it on this scale, but it's not just because of Trump. It's systemic, and there are no consequences for these police. Maybe they're put on desk duty. If they are let go, two towns over, they're picked up uh, as police again. There's no consequences. And that's why people are calling for kind of a national registry of fired police and their offenses saying these people cannot get hired again as a correctional officer, as a police officer, which is a great idea. And as for Cuomo walking it back, I mean, he needs to be monitoring what's happening. That video was very widely, widely spread, very widely reported. People knew what was happening. Uh, maybe he didn't see how viral it had gotten of what happened at that park and uh, that, that protesters were, in fact, 
beaten with batons. A journalist was beaten with a baton and his bike was stolen. For some strange reason, a ton of bikes were stolen yesterday. A ton of people were beaten with batons. So for Governor Cuomo to not have any idea that this was going on, I think he probably had some idea. Then he was called out on it. There was this huge, huge video. He had to kind of walk it back with his little tweet. And in the end, nothing real happens. No real changes happen. That's why people are out in the street protesting. That is why people will not stop. This time feels very different. And if the people, the powers that be are not going to have consequences for these police, the people are going to have consequences for police. Remember, Cuomo criticized the police a few days ago, saying the police and New York Mayor de Blasio didn't do their job, and he went and apologized like 30 seconds later. So now you have New York City police covering up their identity so that they can do whatever they want, which, may, which basically makes legal observers, because I've seen legal observers at these protests, impossible to do your job. You're observing anonymous people. And a lot of times, if you go up to the uh, officer and say, what is your name? They won't tell you. So why would you be covering up your badge if you don't plan on having anything to hide or you don't plan on doing anything wrong? That is... Well, one, one thing that's really concerning in D.C. in particular is that they're sending in officers from the uh, Bureau of Prisons who are nameless, badgeless, and they're trained differently than the police because they're trained in like in in prison situations where people don't really have rights anymore. So I think that's horrifying. So I want to move on because to me, I hope this guy, this person runs for New York City mayor. Uh, this is public advocate Jamani Williams uh, bashing Cuomo with de Blasio and this barbarism. You sent more police. You sent more laws to cause the interactions to be more stressful. So now we started protesting about all of those police and those laws, and you sent more police and more laws. I hear the mayor and the governor saying we have to do what we have to do to protect property. We want to make sure we protect property. The governor, Gordon, the mayor, they're not doing what they need to do to protect property. I want to say this as a citywide elected official. We must protect property. We must make sure people feel safe. But we're the same energy for black lives. Why are you not saying we have to do everything, everything, everything we can to protect black lives? Why are you not saying here is the plan that I have because black lives are not mattering in New York City, in New York State, in this country? Where is that leadership? This is supposed to be the progressive beacon of this country. And we are failing. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, basically, why are they so focused on property, but they don't have the same vigilance in protecting the looting, terrorism, and barbarism against black people. Uh, and I don't know, call me uh, cynical Susie, but I think it has a little something to do with capitalism. Because a lot of these businesses, 
that are, you know, boarding up their stores or getting looted, which I'm not advocating looting, don't get me wrong, but, you know, they're major players in the United Corporations of America. They give a lot of money to politicians. Their CEOs uh, give a lot of money to politicians. And this country and this government values corporations over people, black people, white people, all people. Uh, so I think those were powerful words. And frankly, follow the money. We already went through it. Cuomo was bought off by the police unions. Uh, he's bought off. And by the way, it's not just the police unions. A lot of the wealthiest donors in America are, are blue lives matter in their thinking and, you know, uh, protect the police, protect the police. But let me ask you a question. You know, Pelosi and them, we got to give one trillion dollars, you know, save our, uh, our police, save our firefighters. Well, I think the police, maybe it's time to cut police. Maybe it's time to radically cut budgets for pepper spray, for tasers, for, you know, uh, shields like this. You're not going into Fallujah. You're not going into Fallujah. Uh, I'm not saying totally defund the police because obviously there is need for protection. There is need if your home is broken into things like this for police. But look at Los Angeles, for example. The mayor just made it some victory that we're going to cut the police budget by 100 to $150 million. The police budget is $3 billion in Los Angeles. The police are over half of Los Angeles's entire budget. Go figure if you live in Los Angeles why 40 to 50 percent of the city is poor and falling apart. Your thoughts? In L.A., when they, they cut the budget, people on Twitter were like, OK, that's 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 like Jeff Bezos donating like a million dollars. It really means nothing. It, it means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. And in the, the talks of defunding the police, I, I need to do a lot more research in this area. I need to hear a lot more viewpoints. I think for the most part, people don't mean completely defund the police, although there is this movement to abolish the police force, abolish prisons, all of that. Not my area of expertise. I'll listen to other voices on that. But I think in general, it's pretty clear that we need less of a budget for police. You know, teachers, I used to be a teacher. I taught first grade. Um, little six and seven year olds. I can't count how much money I spent on, on classroom supplies. And that's the, the story you hear from classroom teachers all over this country. They are buying their own supplies. So this is not my original thought. I don't remember where I heard it, but when was the last time you heard of a cop having to buy their own bullets? It doesn't happen. These cops are, they have military vehicles. I actually, um, so when I was when I was knocked over by police the other day, I've had I've been speaking with this Freedom of the Press Foundation journalist who's doing a write up on it, and she said, "Okay, well, where um, when he hit you, like attacked you with his shield, where did he hit you?" And I had to say, "Well, the shield is so gigantic <laughs> that basically it hits you everywhere. Um, I guess like he was aiming for upper body, but the the thing is is enormous." So. They, like you said, like they're not going into Fallujah here. They don't need what they are decked out in. Um, their budgets are just absolutely unreal. Just like the military, the police are not going underfunded in this country. They are way overfunded. 
And there's a reason for that. Um, we're obviously fans of unions as progressives, but the police unions are um, They're not a union. pretty darn corrupt. Not a union. They're a gang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a gang. They have a lot to do with this as well. And they have a lot of influence with politicians, even so-called liberal, good democratic politicians. And by the way, just so people understand what we're saying, I don't think the U.S. should be going into Fallujah with these weapons. I don't think the U.S. should be going into Iraq with this kind of military weapons. You know what? If the United States would drop more books, if the United States would drop more food and water and, uh, you know, help for other countries rather than invading them, rather than coming in like, you know, with Uzis and tanks and GI jackass as the United Corporation's mantra, we shouldn't be doing this in Fallujah and we shouldn't be doing it in Brooklyn and we shouldn't be doing it. You know, it's one thing if you're actually attacked like we were in 9-11. I agree with going to Afghanistan. I think, frankly, we should have went to Saudi well, Arabia. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it was really Saudi Arabia. <laughs> well, no. I mean, Bin Laden, you know, some of the planning, yeah. yes, but a lot of the planning went on in <laughs> Afghanistan, but the actual hijackers were from Saudi Arabia. But we would never go into Saudi Arabia because we want that money, baby. We need that oil money. So the point is, the United States is on offense around the world. They're not def we're not defending the country. We are invading other countries. And the United States is on offense here. The police are on offense here. They're not defending themselves. Yes, there are protesters throwing water bottles at police. Yes, in some cases, there are protesters throwing objects at police. I understand the hatred. I understand the anger. I can't condone that because I just don't think throughout history that kind of protest works. Um, and I think you lose your righteous method. I think you lose your righteous method if you're throwing bricks at police. Or, or, and I have seen that personally with my eyes. So that I don't condone because I don't think it's effective. And I also think it, it gives the media and the politicians the ammunition to discredit the whole movement, which they're looking to do. But I don't but, know. I, I, uh, I kind of disagree there. I am not condoning violence, but I also think it's, um, it's at a place where the peaceful protests are not working. Martin Luther King, everyone holds up Martin Luther King Jr. as an example of this and obviously just amazing legacy, did so much. He was also murdered so um, and infiltrated. And um, people are at this point where peaceful protest, here we are, all these decades later. What has changed? So people are at this place where, okay, if us being peacefully out in the streets is not making change, I'm angry. I'm gonna throw this rock at this police who's wearing Kevlar and this giant shield and who will never feel it anyway, but I'm angry, so I'm gonna do it. So I, I don't think, it, I think it's a hard thing. I think it's very easy to be you know, a white person and say, no, violence is bad, looting is bad, but there's a reason for it. And if there is this, this unrest, and these consequences, things have to change. Burning down that precinct in Minneapolis uh, was a moment. Do we think that Ellison would have been assigned as the attorney general, would he have been assigned as the prosecutor on this case had this un unrest, had this 
looting and, and property damage and burning down of the precinct. And what a moment that was. And thankfully, we got that moment on camera. Would those other three police officers, along with Derek Chauvin, be in jail right now? Would they be charged? We don't know the answer. Maybe they would. But I think maybe not if people have just been standing out there holding signs and going to bed by 8 p.m. I actually agree with you on that part. I guess where we disagree is I actually think the police burning was a good thing. Um, I don't know if I would agree if the protesters knowingly burned down the police uh, headquarters with people in it. Um, I think knowing that people, that it was empty, uh, I do think, you know, sometimes you have to take aggressive action, even what would be considered violent action, to make a statement. And I think that police headquarters burning was what you were just talking about, very, very symbolic. I guess what I'm talking about is like, I have, I have seen uh, protesters, not, not the plural, plurality, but in some cases I have seen uh, protesters throwing rocks, throwing things like that. And I think that I, the rage at the reason for doing it, I understand. But the, you know, the powers that be are looking for any reason to not only discredit you, but turn public sentiment away from you. So to me, it's been twofold why this movement is happen is starting to work. You're starting to see, you know, the three other officers were charged. The main officers' uh, charges were upgraded. There's more national outrage about uh, Ahmaud Arbery, uh, Breonna Taylor. You're seeing uh, calls to fire the police chief, police commissioner, excuse me, the police union head in Minneapolis, which might actually happen. But I think the reason all that is happening is not specifically because of the looting. It's because of the sustained, massive, coordinated protests around the country, which we have not seen since MLK's assassination. I think the, the sheer numbers of it and the continued basis of it, how long this is going on, and it seems to continue to go on, uh, I think is why you're starting to see change. I think I agree with burning down the police station. I also, frankly, can't say I have a major problem with burning police cars. Well, who cares uh, if like the Chipotle gets broken into? Who cares if they steal Gucci bags? It's also it also comes down to a class class reasons. Um, I just can't. That I, I don't, don't agree care. with. <laughs> they can get yeah, the wanna, Gucci bags you, they want. But you want to know something? Okay. Yeah. If who cares if they you know knock into Chanel or the massive Macy's here and which obviously has insurance and this and that, but there's also like mom and pop businesses that have worked their whole lives to build that, to get the money, uh, to build up even their bodega on the side of the road. Like my parents, for example, were scared uh, the other day. They worked seven days a week, like my whole childhood, my parents work in a small business. Uh, I don't, and you know, they're not, I don't agree with my dad's politics, but they are certainly have no racial uh, bias against uh, black people. So like, yes, I understand there's collateral damage for the cause, but I don't agree with like just innocent uh, business owners having their stores looted and broken and bashed in because there's no rhyme or reason to that. And like, they're not the reason for this brutality. You want to burn down the police station? By all means. You want to burn down uh, police cars? I don't have a problem with it, uh, but I do think uh, that is symbolism, but when you start uh, bashing in uh, just like random smaller stores, uh, I just don't think that's a good thing because it's you know it's not easy to build a business, even like even a um, 
you know, concession store or something like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But I also, and, and I know a lot of black people don't agree with the looting, especially of the small mom and pop stores. And I think in general, those are not the targets. Um, and there are bad actors who are taking advantage of this moment, but that's what they want you to focus on. People um, in the media and people in power want us to focus on, oh, the looting, oh no, they destroyed this, this small mom and pop store, how are they going to rebuild? That is unfortunate, it should be reported on, but it's, it's not the focus. 